Hallelujah. See, we all children great responsibility as parents. Hallelujah. We have great responsibility towards the children. And uh, we need to be very prayerful. Prayerful in the sense that yesterday I really was meditating and I found that sometimes it's not by your strength that you can raise the family. You know, every, every time people blame Eli, that Eli was a bad father. Is that true? Have you heard that, that Eli was a bad father? Because he had Ophini and Phineas who will not obey God. Then the question is, what about Samuel? Was Samuel still a bad father? Not raised by, I'm talking of Samuel as a father. Samuel had children. But his children could not perform. That's why they demanded for a king. So if Eli was bad, what about Samuel? That's my question. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I just think of all these things. And it goes back to the scripture that says, except the Lord build the house. The labor evader tried to build a house. Go back to that. Psalm 127. But that is not to say we don't have a responsibility. We still need to play our role. But then we have to commit these children into the hands of God. Because it might end up embarrassing us. It might end up disgracing us. Just like you find in the case of Eli. Like you find in the case of, uh, of Samuel I'm talking about. Samuel was such a wonderful prophet in Israel. Remember that? Was such a wonderful prophet. I mean, the Bible tells us precisely none of the words of Samuel fall to the ground. He was such a wonderful man. He was someone that everybody respected. God respected him. You might use the word. But in the midst of all that, his children failed. Hallelujah. And you see, what about even David? People often say also, David was a bad father. Or, you know, he failed as a father. Fine. You, you, you see, you can have all the room to criticize when it doesn't happen to you. He failed as a father. There's no truth. I mean, no, no two ways about that. We can all agree with that. But yet, the same man, God called a man after his own heart. Amen? And not just that alone. Let us even think about it this way. God forbid that in the course of all you having the heart and the mind that you have, you will have an Absalom. Pay attention this way. Hallelujah. God forbid. That in the midst of all the good intention that you have, you will have an Absalom house. David, with all his intention and goodness, had an Absalom in his house. Who could even push him out of the palace? Was it the fault of David then? People say, well, it was because of what he did to Uriah. Okay, fine. I have no argument about that. But I'm still trying to say, in as much as we try to play our role, may we meet our families and our children to the hands of God. Hallelujah. May we by all means commit our children and family to the hands of God. We owe them a responsibility as parents. To see that they grow up well, to see that they live the way they are supposed to live, to see that all that God has for them is made manifest unto them. Hallelujah. If you look at the book of Mark chapter 10 verse number 7, there's a simple scripture there that I think we need to look at and it's very, very crucial and critical. 
You know when the Bible says, for this reason the man shall leave the parents and join unto the wife. It explains one thing. While you were with your parents, they were in charge. They took responsibility. But here God is saying, you must grow to the point where you must also live and begin to take responsibility. Is that okay? Are you following what I'm saying now? Your parents took responsibility for you. But now it must be your turn also to move out and take responsibility. Not for yourself, but also for the ones you must bring forth. So we owe God a great job. Not just God, even the children that we're bringing forth. We need to understand that what God is actually trying to do. Now, without the family, there is no society. Without the family, there is no continuity. That is why you discover that. If you look at the book of Exodus 1 verse 22, you are going to find that the order that Pharaoh gave was to destroy all the male children. What was the target? It was the population of Israel. Is that okay? It was the population of Israel that he wanted to reduce. Not just to reduce it, but to bring it to the place of extinction. Because once the male is attacked, then there is no continuity of that race. Are you following this? You may have a community of women without the male counterpart. But how long would that society exist? Because as long as they grow old and they die off, and there is no young one coming, it means the society has ended. So what Pharaoh really wanted to do in Egypt was to stop the growth of the population of the Jewish people in Israel. So he now said, you pick all the male children and kill them. So the target mostly is the male child. And that is very crucial for those of us who have children, feel like who are male. We have to be very, very watchful and prayerful. Because most often they are the one that continues you. Your life is already projected through the male child. Are you getting this? The extension and continuity of your inheritance or heritage actually lies on the male child. That is why the devil is always targeting the male child and to stop continuation of that society so you have a great responsibility besides that even the women can somebody look at the book of luke i mean um, leviticus chapter 19 verse 29 leviticus 19 verse 29 you find another interesting scripture to me there if you can put it on the board fine leviticus 19 verse 29 the scripture says, Thou shalt not prostitute your daughters. Is that okay? Thou shalt not prostitute your daughters. For that will lead to what? Look at that. Do not prostitute thy daughters to cause her to be a war or a prostitute, lest the land fall to them, and the land become full of what? Wicked. One of the causes 
of the society today, the way it is, is this factor. We have not been able to keep our female children the way they are supposed to be. The resultant effect of that is wickedness. Wickedness has to do with all manner of things in the society. So some of the crops we reap in today is directly connected to our inability to manage the male and the female seeds that God has given unto us. Hallelujah. I was in Abuja and I had someone making a call to Benin. And he was calling a sister and talking. And later he tried to explain to me that he's trying to get a particular girl to go up there to learn hairdressing. She's supposed to be the first girl, the first daughter to that particular lady. But the junior sister of this girl has gotten married. Now the mother said, you can't stay in my house beyond December. But December, you must leave my house. I can't continue to keep you when your junior sister is already married. Now tell me precisely what the mother has seen directly telling this girl. And this is a girl who has struggled on her own. She finished her NCE. She's doing a sandwich program, doing a beard. I mean, she's not a callous person. She's doing... Husbands are not picked by the roadside. Am I correct, somebody? They're not picked by the roadside. No. In as much as we don't pray that our daughter will stay with us for that long, we can push them to do what they are not supposed to do. Because they fall back in the society. And that's exactly what we see in the scriptures. It falls back to us. So some of the things we are seeing today in the society is a direct result of our attitude towards our children. And God makes us to understand. If you take time to read the Bible, go to the book of 1 Samuel, I mean Isaiah chapter 3. If you read it very precisely, you are going to see something God is saying. Verse 12 in particular made a statement. It said he was going to cause the women to rule over the men. Now, Sometimes when I ask people, people think, well, I, I, I'm trying not to, if I like saying I'm attacking women, I am not attacking women. What I'm trying to say is we have misplaced the priorities of God. And one of the results of that today is that men and children are ruling over the, over the adults. But this is a punishment according to the word of God. Are you still there with me, somebody? Read Isaiah 3 very precisely. God was speaking to Israel. Because of the way you are going. He even said, children which are princes shall rule over you. And already we are seeing that in the society. That even children who have not been able to discover what life is, want to be in leadership, are even trying their fathers in the local courts. Are you getting this? Is a punishment from God. Now, I'm not against women being in position. I'm not against women being raised. I'm not against that. But the order is still the same. Let me tell you something, people of God. Whether you want to believe it or not, even if the child has to be made, he still has to take the man locating the egg of the woman. Am I communicating? You can't change the order. I mean, you can't change the order. No matter how you argue. There is no way you can change the order. It still takes the man 
to locate the woman in child making. Hmm? So, God has designed some things that we cannot change. Glory to God. Are you sitting there with me, somebody? And that is why if you go to the book of Esther, you're going to find the picture where God, I mean, King Azarias made this statement. If you find it, I put it on the, on the board. Look at it. He said, let every man have rule over what? His own house. And that is very crucial. Sometimes you think it's Old Testament. It's not Old Testament. Because Colossians tells us that. Ephesians tells us the same thing. Wives submit. There is an order. When we violate the order, we definitely will reap what? The consequences of our actions. Praise the living God, somebody. And so we place the children in a kind of dilemma. We bring them to a situation where it's difficult for them to find their faith in society because a lot of things continues to go on. Corruption continues to go on. Why? Because we have not been able to stand as we ought to stand as parents. Praise the living God. At this point, the book of Luke, if you look at Luke chapter 1, reading from, I think, verse 50 down to 57 or the other about, you are going to find a picture on when uh, 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 um, John was supposed to be named, which is what we call a naming ceremony. A naming ceremony is not necessarily a place where people come and eat and drink. Naming ceremony is actually meant to define the destiny of that child. Are you done with me? That's why when they said the name should be called John, the people said there is no one in this family who is bearing that name. Because naming ceremony is meant to define the destiny of that child. That's why you can't just give your child any name at all. It is practically, to me, unacceptable when you just pick any name and give to your child. That does not speak into the destiny of that child. And that is why you see, Benjamin's father could stop the mother from calling the child Benoni. Did you get that now? And the father came in and said, no, the name shall not be Benoni, which has to do with story or whatever. It has to be what? Benjamin, the child of my right hand. Now look at what finally happened. Because the child actually speaking to the destiny of that child. Benjamin actually became a child of the right hand. So names you must understand are prophetic. That from the one when your child is giving birth to as they're growing up, man, listen, find the name, ask God to give you direction about these children. You don't name them because you want to create an identity from your locality. You don't name them because you want them to fit into your tradition. No. They have a bearing with God. They have a living with God. Therefore, you need to be able to come to that place where you can definitely say, this is this child's name. God definitely, through you, will be defining the destiny of that child. Hallelujah. When you call your child by the name that God intends you to call the child, you are just prophesying about the destiny of that child. And this is very crucial. So you find out we owe our children a lot of responsibility. You see the good thing they displayed here. Can we really raise them up continually in that dimension? Just like we're saying. Are we not going to be negligent? You know, one of the things when we say, thou shall not prostitute your child into water, like we find in Leviticus 19 verse 29, it's not just only asking them to become prostitutes in the street, 
But when you don't put them in the way they are supposed to be and they become something that they are not supposed to be, you are automatically prostituting them into something else in their life. Hallelujah. And the consequence I'm saying, you will definitely reap. You are not only going to reap, the society will also do what? Reap. And that is where we are today. The problem we have in the society today is directly connected to the homes. Our family, mothers and fathers. This is our problem. And that is why we need to come down again to sit down and fervently and prayerfully seek the face of God about the life of each and every one of our child. We need to seek the face of God on their behalf. Praise the living God. Understand the principle I'm giving here. And when the Bible tells us, like we look at Esther, when Azariah was saying, let every man have rule over his house. Is it very, very practical? Because you go to First Timothy 5, you're going to find the same thing. It said, any man who cannot provide for his home is worse than an infidel. In other words, if you can take responsibility, the provision is not just only money, but if you cannot come to the place, because the word rule in the book of Exeter is the same thing as dominion. If you can't exercise spiritual authority in your home, you are worse than an unbeliever. Praise the living God, somebody. So you have a responsibility. And you see, let me also make this known to you. Women, I said and believe this with me. It doesn't matter the kind of revolution we want to create. But let it be noted that when your husband blesses you, it carries weight. Praise the living God. When your husband blesses you, it carries weight. Because primarily, the male child, which is the husband, is a priest in every home. Is a priest in every room. I've always told you that in this place. That is why it is from day when Job was always praying and making sacrifices on behalf of his children. Because as a father, he was a priest. Do you understand what I'm saying here? If you are eating together, you should be the one to break the bread. But if you ask the woman to, it's because you're asking her to. But basically, you should be the one to break the bread. Because it was Jesus that broke bread for the disciples to eat. Am I right, somebody? And the Bible says, when Jesus was called to the feast of Cana in Galilee in John 32, the disciples went with him. The disciples had a wife, a type of a wife unto Jesus. Am I right, somebody? So when he broke bread, he broke bread as a priest in the family. And we need to recognize that. Now, what I'm trying to say is, if we put all these things together, the peace that is eluding us will definitely become ours. Praise the living God, somebody. So I would like us to take this, I don't want to spend time today going through all of these scriptures, but to make you understand that we have a great responsibility towards the children who have just been able to demonstrate some wonderful talents before us this morning. I, it's amazing the type of recitation. It's amazing the thing that have gone into the life of these children. And I just pray that they live it out and continue with it. It's amazing. Because sometimes, let's be honest, if you ask a question, just give us, you know what that means? Just one. Huh? Wait. So which book did you say? I didn't say a book. I said chapter. <laughs> You're asking me for book? I'm talking of chapter. Hallelujah. I mean, it's amazing. It's just like this morning, Max was just saying, hey, that, where is that scripture that says, the man 
to whom you respond to, you become a slave unto that individual. Hey, I said, but why are you doing this to me this morning? <laughs> and the Lord simply just spoke to me, Second Peter. Oh, I said, okay, fine. I just gave it to him. And he said, okay, thank you, Dad. Thank you. I was saying, where's your computer? Go into the computer, fine. Why are you trying to give me that? Just one scripture. It's not easy. But imagine what these children were doing this morning. Now, that shows we need to stand strong to cause them to continue in this way. Does anybody agree with me on that? So at home, please. And that is why you need to study the Bible. You need to read the Bible too because if your children get to know more than you, you get into trouble. Am I right? You get into trouble. By the time they start behaving in a different manner because you can meet up to their own standard, you'll be wondering what is happening. Normally, somebody who becomes knowledgeable, except because we need to still respect parents, they will definitely begin to think twice that you also, you are not serious about life. You are not serious about life. So, I do encourage you, you read your Bible. If you don't have time to read the Bible because you are so busy, play messages, listen to messages, get some things into your mind, get some things into your head. Listen, it comes to a point where situation will arrive, it's not then you begin to look for portions of scriptures. They should flow out of you because they become live within you. And what these children have demonstrated at this point, it tells me something that they have, I mean, they are going far. If only we can maintain it, they will go far. If only we can sustain it, they will go far in their lives and in their homes tomorrow. Praise the living God, somebody. So what am I trying to say? We owe our children a great responsibility. And in building them, we are building the society. Don't you forget what you don't put right tomorrow. I mean today. Become an obstruction for you tomorrow. Is that okay? It is practically impossible for you to make changes when people are getting old. Because then they have formed philosophy and ideas in their mind. It's more difficult to teach an adult than to teach a young man. That is why the work you need to do now for these children is to continue to mold them in the way they should go. Like the scripture we say, train up a child in the way she go. When he grow up, he will not do what? He will not depart. And I know there are children in the Bible. Um, I, I can't remember precisely about the book of Jeremiah. You know, they asked them to come and drink wine. They said, no, our great-grandfather even said, we shouldn't drink wine. Hallelujah. They maintain what they got from the home. Listen, you will not always be with them when they go out of this place. And you don't always expect that you're going to keep them all the days of your life. But the foundation you lay today can keep them going wherever they go. Outside of the territory where you are, the foundation you are giving to them will keep them going. You are not with them in the school. Praise the living God. I remember there was a young man that came here a few, few weeks ago through invitation. And as we were ministering, the Lord just spoke to me that I have to need to have some interaction with him. He came to the office and I was praying with him and the Lord was speaking to me that a guy is intending to enter court. But I couldn't tell him because I was somebody else in the office. I told him, you call me when you get back to school. And he called me and I told him, hey man, listen to me. You are just about being initiated. Is that true? He said, it's true, pastor. I said, you better not. Because it's not going to go well with you. You may probably not even survive being a member. You, you can't tell. Right? They've gone into another atmosphere. They've gone into a society. And the society influences them. It takes grace. It takes prayers. It takes commitment to God 
to make sure, to ensuring that God sustains them wherever they will be. Because if they are in school, you are not going to be there with them. Hallelujah. But the foundation you laid today, the foundation you build for them today, in relation to the word of God, in relation to the life of God, can keep them going when they leave the environment that you are. And you can have your confidence, wherever they are, that they are in the hands of God. All you need to do at that time is to keep praying for them. Hallelujah. So let's not forget these few scriptures that I've said this morning. And don't you forget these things. It's very crucial. One, the devil is always after the male children. There's a reason for that. Even in the book of Revelation, chapter, remember, the man child that the woman was bringing forth was to be destroyed by who? By the devil. They are always after the main child. Because authority is always resting in the life and in the hands of the male children. That is the way God designed it. And that is where you should see it. It's not a discriminatory thing. But every of this segment of the family has their role to play. Which they must play to bring the peace, to bring the unity that God intends. And one good thing that I've discovered in the Bible is if you take time to raise a home, according to the book of 112, Sam, if you read the, the precise, it, you know, it makes you to understand how wealth and riches in the families that are properly built together. Is that okay, somebody? So one of the ways by which you can attract wealth and riches is to raise a good home. That's one of the ways. And God does that because, just like he said, a father who cannot provide simply means when you get married, God makes sure you have provision. Because if he doesn't make provision, he makes you an unbeliever. So one of the things that attracts success in life is true unity. The two coming together. And don't you forget, it has to take the man leaving the parents. The Bible says woman should leave. He said the man should leave. Did you read that? And that translates into the spirit if you should understand. God is the one locating the church. Am I correct, somebody? He came from heaven. What did he come to do? He's still locating the wife. It's a practical principle. The man is always the one that locates. And so the Bible says, he that finds a man. And that's why the word that there is no way a man and a woman wants to make a baby without the man locating the woman. Very practical. Is that okay? Hallelujah. The egg of the woman will be located by the seed of the man. Otherwise, there is no formation. Am I talking? The egg is just there. But you have to take the seed located. That's the mystery of what I'm talking about. So God is said to form a human being that becomes the match at the road here. He also needs to come down in the form of the Holy Spirit. And that is what you must know. And everything that is coming out of that union, you must be able to protect. If it's a male child, you have to have a responsibility towards the male child on how best to raise a male child. If it's a female child, you also have to have your responsibility. And one of that is you make sure this child does not go into prostitution. In other words, living a life that is not commensurate to the life that God intended for that baby to have. Praise the living God. I just pray God will help us. I just pray God will instruct us. I just pray God will speak to us. Hallelujah, somebody. I, I, I want you to understand, when it comes to raising children, when it's coming to marriage, these are critical points in our lifetime, and we need God to help us out. We need His strength to be able to survive in the midst of this, because there is so much going on, there is so much attack, and one of the major reasons why the family is attacked is because the family is the bedrock of the society. Let me, let me, let me say this in rounding up. 
God is not really intended that it is the teacher in the school that trains your child. Hallelujah. Of course, now we've come into a society where you can't flog a child anymore in school. So, now who takes care of the child? Because you think it has to be with the child, I mean the teacher in the school, to train your child. So when God trains up a child in the way he should go, he only says, school, train up a child. He's talking to parents. Am I right? So, you go to school today, of course, the law is you can't even flog a child. If you do, I, I, somebody said they are about promulgating that now. If, if you flog a child in the school, maybe you could be sued or something like that, and the parents can take you up, whatever the case may be. Fine. So, where will our children be trained? That tells you precisely where I'm going to go back to biblical basis to find that for a child to properly raise it, he or she has to be raised from where? From the home. Back to the home. I think I agree with that law. Let them put it. So that you don't drive your children to the teachers to be the one to train them. You have to be the one to train your child. Train up a child in the world which you go. That when he or she grows up, they will not depart from it. Hallelujah, somebody. So we have great responsibility. And don't you ever forget this. When you have a child that is responsible in the society, it brings honor and glory to you. Am I right, somebody? It brings honor and glory to you. So part of what we are doing is to receive honor as the child goes out. You have to have a child to be proud of. You have to have to a child that at any point in time you should be proud of, wherever the child may be. It's very important, very crucial. And so you need to do a lot of things, like I'm saying, it's very important and very crucial. But on the whole, I believe and I know that it is God that raised a family. But in that case, you have to be properly committed to the God to enable you to raise the family. Because don't you forget, I think about three weeks ago, I, I spoke to you on God build them, building them houses. Remember that? Okay, fine. So, you connect that to what I'm talking about this morning. How are you going to draw the attention of God to assist you to build a home? Is to be active in service for God. Because if you take care of his business, he also do what? We take care of your business. Now that it's practically difficult to raise children in the kind of society that we have, very difficult, practically very difficult now to raise a godly home, it simply means when we commit ourselves to God, God is going to commit himself towards us. In raising our children. And not only just raising the children, not only just building us a house, giving us a short house, which has to do with a society. I mean, a family that has continuity, not that it goes to one place and it breaks off, but a continuity of that which God has given to you. For us to come into that, we have to get committed to God in our services and our worship our living God. Praise the living God somebody.